Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. But I'm being hindered. I'm trying everything I can to, to, to go, but it's, there's a block there. there there's, a, there's something that's happening. So Paul's heart is he, he wants to be there. But I want to look at this word hindered because it's very telling. It's a military word in the original language referring to putting a trench in the road to slow an enemy down or also to put a temporary block. And the reason why I want to point that out, because it's a temporary block. So even the enemy, so when there's the battle would take place, they would put a trench in the road to slow down the enemy. They're still going to get across that. So what I want to say with this is that there was a hindrance that took place, but it was just temporary. And someone once said that God's delays are not his denials. And I, I want to put that up there because it's true. God's delays are not his denials. And that's the same thing that's happening in our text. There was a delay, but it wasn't a denial. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 20, Paul did go to Thessalonica. Paul did get to, to be with them, but there was a hindrance. There was a slowing down of what was happening. And so when, when you first read this, I don't know about you, being a Bible you know, scholar, if you will, when you read the all scripture has to match up with other scripture. You cannot take something out of context and say, oh, this is what it means. If it doesn't match up with other scripture, it's not what it means. Your interpretation is wrong. So wait a second. Aren't we told in Romans 8.28 that all things? So listen to this. Paul the apostle was hindered, but it was actually working out for good. And we're going to talk about that, but I want to focus in on, on this verse here first. We're going to see that the hindrance was actually far greater than if Paul would have gone right to Thessalonica. But I, I want to point this out for all of us as believers. And I, one of my favorite verses of all times is right in front of us. I love this because when things happen, when I can't understand, or if I'm in a spiritual battle, or when difficulty comes my way, I've told you this before, but maybe this will help you. I literally, in my mind, I quote two words, all things. And what that does, it, it gives my mind rest. It's like, oh, this is happening. Oh, this is going to, this is out of control. And I, can't, and I just go, I just two words in my mind. It goes, all things. I'm doing my best. All things, all things are working together for good. All things. If the text here, Romans 8, 28 says, some things are working together, that would mess with my head. I don't know about you. Some things, okay, Lord, this one's not going to work out. No, all things. And I've mentioned this before, but for some that are here that have never heard this before, I pray that you get this, okay? It doesn't start by saying, and, and a lot of people misquote this. They say, all things work together for good for those that love God, those that are called according to his purpose. So they can quote that. They're like, all things. But they forget the beginning of this. And we know. And you might say, Pastor, why is that a, such a big deal? Because that, listen, please don't miss this. That's faith. We're called to be people of faith. And we know means, I know. Paul the Apostle is saying, I know all things are working together for good. That's a, a, an act of faith saying, I don't know how, God, you're going to work this out. I'm going to do my best, but I know that all things are going to work out because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. A question to all of you in this room. Do you love God? Do you know that you're called according to his purpose? If you don't know your calling, the Bible says make your call and your election sure. You should know exactly what God has called you to do. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that you would walk in it, that you would know exactly what it is. God wants you to know what it is and he wants you to enjoy it and he wants you to walk in it. But when you know that he's called you and you know that, that you love him, isn't this comforting for your mind? So you might say, Pastor, wait a second. We, we read it very clearly. It says he was hindered. 
There was, there was a, a hindrance that took place. So, so how do you reconcile that? Were all things working together for good. Well, we'll check this out. Most scholars believe that this letter that he wrote to the church in Thessalonica was the very first letter that Paul ever wrote. And you might say, well, why is that such a big deal? Well, think through this a little bit. If he would have been able, listen, don't miss this. I've never heard this before, but it makes a lot of sense. And not that I came up with it. I I read it and it makes a lot of sense to my mind because it reconciles all this together. Check it out. If this is the first letter that he ever wrote, if Paul would have been able to go right to Thessalonica, he wouldn't have to write any letters. He was hindered. So because he was hindered, he had to write these letters and he had to, he get to express by inspired by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, listen, we have scripture to read. So because he was hindered, if he wasn't hindered, we wouldn't have all these writings of Paul. So because he was hindered, actually God wanted to do a greater work. God wanted to do beyond, far more, exceedingly, abundantly above anything that Paul the apostle could come up with. Paul didn't realize, all that he saw is I'm being hindered. This is a spiritual attack. I'm trying my best to get there. Okay, I got to sit down and write these letters. And God's like, that's what I want you to do. And those letters would bless millions upon millions of people throughout the ages. All things. Are you following me? All things. Be encouraged when there's a hindrance that takes place. Nothing. If you are a saint of the living God, you've trusted God, you've become a believer in Jesus Christ. If you have a relationship with God, realize everything that comes your way, I don't care what it is, it's filtered through the loving hands of Jesus Christ. And he'll allow certain hindrances. He'll slow things down for a purpose and a plan. Why? Because he has a greater plan. He has a better plan. And we need to trust that. Please, if you don't get anything else, get this. If God's slowing things down, if he's, bringing, if he's trying to, to slow it down, don't try to force a door open. Don't try to get, when God closes a door, please don't get out a crowbar. And sometimes it's tough because you're like, like Paul the Apostle. He's like, I know that I'm supposed to go there. Well, yeah, God put it in your heart. You're going to get there, but it's going to be God's perfect timing. All things. Years ago when I was on staff at Calvary Costa Mesa under Pastor Chuck Smith, 2000, 2001, 2002, my wife and I, we were overseeing the newly married couples fellowship and there was a, one night I was teaching and, and as I was teaching, I was just, just one of those times, I was like, I, I wasn't connecting, everything I had in my notes, it just didn't come out as the way I was planning on it and it was like, this is something's not right and I just felt this hindrance that was taking place. I even felt this battle that was taking place. I was like, what is going on? I'm just, you know, it sounded great when I was sitting down and you know, typing it all up and it's just like, it just isn't coming up together and something's just isn't it and it was just so the battle was just so terrible and finally I'm like okay it's not okay I'm just going to share the gospel and so I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ you know by grace we're saved through faith not of works lest any man shall boast you know Jesus Christ died on the cross and we're all sinners and our sins separate us from a holy God I just went through the whole gospel and then I just was like you know if there's anyone in this room that wants to maybe pray to receive Christ for the first time just raise your hand and four people out of the small group raised their hand they weren't believers. And with tears in their eyes, they, they accepted Jesus. I'm like, wow, Lord, that's why I was hindered. You didn't want me to spend time on my notes. You had a message for them. I know I shared this before, but another time that comes to mind that fits this pretty good is when I was on staff, Calvary Costa Mesa. I was scheduled to do a memorial service in Santa Ana. We didn't have maps on our phones and my I'll tell you one thing one of the things that I this, I'm really bad with is I do not have a good sense of direction I mean it's terrible listen it's so bad if I think I should go right I'm going to go left because my sense of direction just it's weird I, I hate that I don't it's frustrating my wife has a very good sense of direction 
And it's, I love it. She has a sense. No, I think we should go right. And she's right every time. And I'm like, wow, how do you do that? I'm totally mixed up. She can't read maps. I love reading maps. So we're just, so between the two of us, it works great. So listen, so I'm scheduled to do this, this uh, memorial service in Santa Ana. So we, you know, got some directions. We tried to figure out, we got lost. I was over an hour late for the memorial service and I felt terrible. I was like, I'm so sorry. And the people were kind of looking at me and I was like, you still want me to give the message? They go, yeah, okay, but you know, it's supposed to be a viewing. Well, check this out. Not too many people showed up for the message, but because there was a viewing afterwards, the place was packed. And I don't mean, I'm telling you, I'm not just, I'm not exaggerating. Not only was everybody sitting down packed, but the, there wasn't enough room. They had to, everybody was just scrunched in. There was like more people that, it was way overflowing with people. And there were these gangbanger kind of young kids and all this stuff. And, and so I gave the message, I gave the gospel, and I'm talking about Jesus Christ, and you need to give your life to Christ. And these, these gang member type people were there, and they're all crying and weeping, and they're giving their lives to Jesus. <laughs> Listen, they didn't show up to hear a message. They thought they were just going to, to, to have a viewing. And the hindrance that took place was because God had a far greater work to do. If you're late for work, don't try to use that excuse, though. Don't say, you know, oh, God, don't try to spiritualize it. I mean, don't do that. Remember when Philip asked Jesus, Philip said, Jesus, just show us the Father and we'll, it'll be enough. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because Jesus, you know, that's the Trinity. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he's trying to explain that to Philip. And he's trying to explain that, that you know, I am God in the flesh. I'm Emmanuel. I am the Son of God. And he's explaining that to him. But listen what happens. He says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. We're one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Or else believe me for the sake of of the works themselves. In other words, Jesus was saying, okay, you've seen all the works that I've done. I've healed the sick. I've raised the dead. I've, I've done all these things. So, so can't you see that this is all supernatural? But he goes on to say something that can be a little bit confusing. In verse 12, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And can we say that together? Greater works. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God. This is God in the flesh. So he's saying you can do greater works. I believe he's talking collectively with the church. Collectively, we can do greater works because Jesus, when he was here, he can only be at one place at one time. So why do I say that? Because if you read the rest, it says greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Remember what happened when he went to the Father. Remember, he said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'll pray the Father that he'll send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He shall be with you and he shall be inside of you. God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Have you ever thought of that? God, the Son, died on the cross. God, the Father, on his throne in heaven. But God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us if we allow him to come inside of us. So greater works you can do. Why? Because collectively you can do a lot more with millions of people that believe in Jesus and have the Holy Spirit. The, the, the works that, that Jesus did, we can do those type of things. We can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can lay hands on the sick and they, and they will be healed and different things that, that, that the Holy Spirit can work in us if it's God's will. But then he goes on to say, and whatever you ask in my name, Jesus talking, I will what? I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Make sure that when you're asking for something, it's going to bring glory to the Father and the Son 
Lord, I really want that Rolls Royce. Please bring that Rolls Royce. Is that going to bring glory to the Father? No, it might bring glory to me. Yeah, exactly. So make sure it's according to the, God's will and it's for his glory. And he, if you did understand it the first time, he goes on, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And that's how we're supposed to pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we pray. But it's not some magic potion that we have. Oh, I'll have anything if I just say in Jesus' name. No, no, no. We go to the Father through Jesus Christ because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can go before his throne. And if you have a relationship with him, listen, if you have a relationship with him and you have, you're led by the Spirit, you'll want his will. And you'll want to bring glory to him. And you'll realize the fact the Bible says he will share his glory with no man. If, if your prayer brings you all the glory, he's not going to honor that. Does that make sense? Another passage that goes great with this. Remember in Daniel chapter 10, remember Daniel was fasting for three whole weeks. And he was praying, he was seeking the Lord, and he had visions of the future. He didn't understand the visions, and he was asking God, please show me what's going on. And so an angel appeared to him, and an angel touched him. And if you know the text, it, an angel shows up, and he said to me, do not fear Daniel. For the first day, some think that this was Jesus that, that met with him, but it can't be Jesus because we, you'll find out. This, Jesus won't be hindered by a demonic angel. So, that can't be, so the wrong interpretation is Jesus that touched him. It's another powerful angel. Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. This is three weeks later, guys. He says, I heard your words when you were praying three weeks ago, but he says, listen to this, and it gives us insight to the spiritual realm. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, can we say that out loud? 21 days. There's a hindrance. And he goes on to say, and behold, Michael, that's Michael the archangel, what a name, one of the chief princes came to help me. So he's saying, I, I, I did get some help. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So, so he was hindered. So there was a hindrance that goes on. And it, listen, guys, it gives us some insight what happens in the spiritual realm. We're praying. You're wondering, God, why did this come about? Why isn't it happening right now? Well, there's things taking place. God has a better plan. And he says, now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days? So he came, he showed up, and he shows them visions. He explains the visions, and he says, for the vision refers to many days to come. And he explains the visions, and now we can understand the book of Revelation much better because we have the book of Daniel. They both fit perfectly together, and Daniel was given this great thing. But the battle was taking place. And Daniel, because of his fasting, was so weak, but the angel touched Daniel... And he, was, he had a supernatural strength, so God did a greater work. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the last part of our text. So verse 19, it says, For what is our hope? This is Paul talking to the church. Or joy? Or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even... Can we say that out loud? You, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, at his coming, the second coming, for you are our glory and... What brought joy to Paul? What brought great rejoicing to Paul? God's people. Not money, not success. He had the same heart that Jesus has. Jesus, listen, if you don't get this, please understand this. Jesus loves people. 
And Paul had the same heart that, that, that Jesus has. Jesus, is, he loves people. When, when you isolate yourself, beware. Satan loves to, do you know that? Satan loves to isolate people. Do you know how powerful this is right here? I remember back being a young believer and I had some disputes with some people in church and all and, and I was just, I was, I was done. I was like, I'm done with this stuff. Not Christian, I'm like, God, you and me, this is great. I love this, what we've got going on here. But that church stuff, it's over. Really, I went through that. And he was like, oh, excuse me? I was like, yeah, them. And he was like, I love them. And I was like, great, you love them. I don't wanna love them. <laughs> And what I was trying to do, I was trying to go back to my old way. My ways, I was raised to put up a wall. I used to, in my crazy mind, I would think, I, was, I literally did this before I knew Christ. It was the three strikes you're out rule. So if you did me wrong once, that's not good. Twice, three times, I would just put up my wall. And I literally, it, that's how I operated. So three times I put up a wall, don't talk to me. I don't want anything to do with you. And I would literally cut people off. So here I'm a new Christian. I'm thinking, okay, I gave them three times, Lord. They're cut off. And he's like, well, where do you find that in the Bible? First flesh, uh, flesh alonians? And it's not, it's not <laughs> my flesh. <laughs> it's not in there. And he's like, I want you to go back. You know how hard that was? Humble yourself. Get back in there. And when I did that, I realized there was a misunderstanding. I literally misunderstood what that person was saying. And I was willing to cut them off for life because I misunderstood what they were saying. Guys, there's a spiritual battle that's going to try to hinder our, our fellowship, being in church, being together. It, we need to be wise to realize that there is a battle. For you to be in church, I'm sure you've all experienced it. To go to church, I've heard many times, people after church, they come up and say, Pastor, I can't believe I made it. I just made it. You won't believe what happened to me. Everything went wrong, and I almost didn't come to church, but I knew I had to be there. You know how many times I hear that? There's a battle. But God loves people, and God, listen, God loves when his people are together. Why? There's power in numbers when we're together. Fellowship is for, and another thing is, listen to this, we need you. Seriously, we need you here. Why, the Bible says that we're just body parts. I just so happen to be a mouth, but you guys, hands and feet, we need the whole body here. And when, listen, when you have the body together, how powerful it is, how wonderful it is. You know how blessed I am coming to church and just the greeters, security, the parking lot, the media, everybody's just doing the, the worship team, the, you know, everything, and just watching what God is doing. Why? We're all doing our part. We all are doing it. Why? Because we love God and we love each other. And listen, there will be differences. There will be times. Listen, I'll even go as far to say, there's going to be times, this is way off all my notes, so who the Lord speaking to this? God bless you. And me too. I'm speaking to me. But the enemy wants to divide. Why? The Bible says that they will know that you're my disciples when they see the love you have one for another. What happens in a church, if it's a healthy church, you're going to have people from all different walks of life. We're all going to be together because of Jesus Christ. And the people that watch us, they're like, what in the world is going on there? Jesus, Holy Spirit, God so loved the world, he gave his son, that whosoever would just believe in that, they shall not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. We've accepted Christ as our savior. We all realize we were a mess. We need a savior. Our sin separates us from God. Now we rejoice in our savior, and we realize we're around a bunch of imperfect people who are being changed. And God gives us love for one another. Paul the apostle realized that. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a parable in, in Matthew 13, 
In Matthew 13, it says, and the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. This is a parable of Jesus. It says, who when he had found one pearl of great, can we say that together? Price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Do you know that you are the pearl of great price? That's what the pearl's talking about. God sold everything. Jesus Christ totally sacrificed himself for you to purchase you, to buy you because of his love for you. Do you know the love of God? Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know how much he cares about you? Do you know that he knows everything about you? Do you know that according to the, the scriptures that every thought that you have, he knows before you think it? Every word that comes out of your mouth, he knows before you speak it? It says when you sit down, when you rise up, everything that we do, he knows it all together. So much so, the psalmist that wrote it says that such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I can't even comprehend. How can God know everything about me and about everybody else? Because he's God, and he loves you, and you are that pearl of great prize. As we wind down as fast as I can, don't miss this part. He's saying, is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Make no mistake about it. It's talking about his second coming. So when I first read this, my mind goes right to, wait a second, it doesn't make sense. Why is he saying I'm excited about the second coming? Isn't Paul excited to see him in heaven? Because that's first. When I believe the reason why he says at his coming, at the second coming, because when Jesus Christ comes back, thy kingdom come on, on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to make everything right on this earth. And right now, maybe you don't know this, but the Bible talks about the earth that we live on right now, it's, it calls Satan's the God of this world. That's what the Bible says. And it says that, so the God of this world plus Adam and Eve sinned, which brought sin into the world. So we see all this evil, we see all this corruption, and we see that things are happening where we're, we're like, well, this is terrible. We see persecution all around the world. We see even today Israel getting bombed like crazy. This is all evil stuff. But when, listen, when Jesus Christ steps on this earth, talk about a one-world government, he will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen? So he's coming. Do we see signs of his coming? I believe we do. Did you guys see this? LA Times editor taunts Alito, this is the Supreme Court Justice, and he brags, secular children who don't know Jesus will make society better. Well, I don't know if you understand that in the last days, talking about end times, Paul the Apostle warned us through 2 Timothy 3, it says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That means troubling times. I believe we're in these days. This is, this is troubling. Troubling times will come. Men's will be lover, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, have we seen any of that today? But this part right here fits what we just looked at. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I believe we're living in these days. Then we see this UN chief, United Nations chief, warns that world is one step away from nuclear annihilation. If that's not end time stuff, I don't know what is. Then you have Iran says it will build nuclear warheads and turn New York into a hellish ruins. Guys, we're living in some troubling days today. But let's leave with good news. Did you guys see this? How many saw this? Boston flies a, a Christian flag in the city hall, over the, the city hall. So they ruled to have the, the Christian flag, which is an awesome thing. As we close, hope in his coming. Guys, as believers, we have great hope. Hope that goes beyond the grave. 
Be encouraged as a believer. Not some things, not most things. Listen, please. And we know by faith, all things. Can we say that out loud? All things work together for good for those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.